I'm going to uh, describe a disease to you. It afflicts, they say, 70 million people in America. 38,000 people die from this every year. Every year. They spend $70 million to in drugs uh, every year to treat this, this problem. 64% of all teenagers blame it for poor grades. It's worse if you're somewhere in your 30s and 40s. That's when it's really intense. And they say 50% of all seniors suffer from it. The disease is insomnia. Just not able to sleep. I put it on Facebook, and people were asking me for prayer. And I was responding and praying for them, and some of it was private message. And, and we're just, it's, it's kind of cool to actually minister to people on Facebook and ask God. Because the Lord has really helped me. It's just one of those weird areas where the Lord has anointed me to help people to sleep. It's because of the sermons I preach, maybe. I don't know. I, <laughs> no, not too many. It's dangerous to sleep in this church. It really is. You, you don't, you might get hit by, you know, poked in the eye with a flag or something. So you don't, you don't want to sleep in a journey life center but it's it's a major it's a major problem in America, and isn't it strange that of all places, we live better than anybody. We make more money than anybody. We have more opportunities than anybody in the world, and yet we seem to have the biggest problems. And yet we can't sleep at night. People with no food, no job, no future, no hope, they're sleeping fine. What is going on with us? <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if it's just some, some demon in America. I don't know. They, they said it, listen, it takes every day, watch it, every day 30 tons of medication is taken in America to help us sleep. What an industry that is. I'm in the wrong business. I think. <laughs> There's some money there. And it's no wonder we can't sleep because we're carrying so much baggage. We got too much junk, too much stuff. There's no room to sleep. There's no room in our minds. You know, it's interesting that sheep, how many know the Bible calls you sheep? Sheep are the only animals. This is cool. That that I, maybe you can research this, but I, I don't. I don't think there's any. Sleep, sheep are the only animals that need perfect conditions to sleep. Dogs can sleep anywhere. Cats, bears hibernate. <laughs> they sleep all winter. All animal. No, no animal has a problem sleeping except sheep. Sheep have to have the conditions just right, or they'll just lay lay there blah, blah, all night long. And if, and if one's if one's up, they're all up. Sound like your house? If one's up, they're all up. And and and, and there's no sleep. But Psalm, and we're in the book of Psalms, right? Chapter twenty-three and and verse two. And and and, and, and you know we, we talked about the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. But verse two says He makes me. Say He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Because it's only in green pastures and in places of still waters where we can find that sleep. And this is, we're talking more here than just, you know, being able to sleep at night, but it's a peacefulness in our spirit to where all that we go through during the day can be dropped off and we can rest in Him, sleep in Him, and be able to find that rests. So I want to give you four things. You ready for this? I'm going to give you, by the end of this, you're going to be so sleepy, you're all just going to nap right there in the pews, right there in the chairs. That's how good this message is going to be. Woo! 
Glory to God, some of you need it. <laughs> Four things that you need to just tweak a little bit. Doesn't take a lot, but if you'll tweak these three, these four things, I believe you'll find, am I preaching something that'll help somebody? All right, if that doesn't help you, then, then you can go now. Just go get your burger and be okay. Number one, you need to change the who. Change the who. It's not, you need to stop. If, if, you, if your mind, how many of your, your mind just races and you can't get to sleep? Well, it's, it's not our, you know, it's who you're thinking about. If you'll change the who to Jesus. And just for, I mean, if you're going to have to have a racing mind, why not think about him? So number one, you need to change the who because it's our job. Listen, it's our job to watch the shepherd. Just watch the shepherd because he's watching you. No one says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. See, he, he does that. So if you'll keep your eye on the shepherd, he'll show you where the green pastures are. He said, he leads me beside still waters. Amen. That's what we need at night, still waters. So we need to change the who. In Isaiah 60, I mean 26, 26 and verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Wow. Because he trusts in you. Oh, my. The shepherd is committed to you. So keep your eye on the shepherd. Nobody cares about sheep, as I said last week, except the shepherd. So he's got his eyes. So return the gaze and keep your eyes on him. Can I get an amen? Number two. Change the what. We need to start living and thinking in the now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the moment. So when you can't rest and you get there, see, we're one of two things. We're either anxious about the future, what's going to happen tomorrow, or we're living with regrets about what happened today. So we lay there at night and said, I should have, I could have, I would have. Last year, 10 years, some of you are laying in bed still worried about what happened 20 years ago. Lord, if I have just done this. Oh, my God. Slapping ministry, something. <laughs> and we just, we just go through that. So we need to change the what. And listen, this will really help you. You need to just start focusing on right now, right now. I don't know what, what you can hear you know, from your bedroom window. One of the things we can hear, and it's, it's far away, but sound just carries. I can hear train whistles. I mean, you got to really listen, but I'll just get quiet. And there seems to be a lot of them going through and I'll just hear that, that whistle. Y'all know what a train whistle, I'm not going to do it. I can do Tigger, but I can't do a train whistle. Okay. Uh, boxcar Willie. There we go. So, and I'll just listen to that, and I'll just, mm, and I'll just think about the Lord, and I'll just, I'll just focus in the now. Listen to a cricket. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to something that, or, or maybe you just need to turn some worship music on and just get in the now, and just, just focus on now because He is here now. Listen, you can't, you can't change anything that's going to happen tomorrow. That's tomorrow, and you certainly can't change what already happened, and that's not the time to uh, think about all those things anyway. So listen, this will really help you if you'll just change the what you're thinking about and just say, what's going on right now? And it might be your husband snoring, but focus on it <laughs> or poke it or whatever you got to do or go sleep on the couch. What You got just looking at. Did you ever see the what? Change 
what you're looking at. Do you ever see a blank sheet of paper? I think we got this picture. So we're going to throw this up. What, 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 what do you see here? What do you see? Nothing. It is a blank sheet of paper. Now, what do you see now? Really? As little as that dot is, that's, all you see, that's what you see instead of seeing the blank paper? We go to bed at night, and all we see is the dot. All we see is that dumb little thing we did today or that dumb little thing we're worried about tomorrow, and we focus on the dot when the whole page is empty. That little dot will keep you up till 3 in the morning. Get your mind off the dot. Get your mind on Jesus. Amen. Let's focus on what's going on right now. Oh, come on and praise him. Amen. Change what you're thinking about. And I promise you, if you'll just think about what's happening now, that's the first step towards just putting you putting you to sleep in the Lord. Amen. By the way, all this stuff will help you pray better. All this will help you focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, change, they're all W's. Make it easy. Change the win. Change the win. In other words, start adapting to God's calendar instead of your calendar. Understand that you go through seasons in your life, and you need to flow with the seasons that that happen in your life. And you might be in a wilderness. You might be in a winter season. Amen. Well, just, just go with that because God works in the winter. Quit worrying about the winter. Let God work in the winter. You might be in a hot summer. You, you might be in a harvest. You might be in a sowing sea. Whatever season you're in, you need to learn how to go with that. So when you go to bed at night, just believe that I am in the season of God. Whatever, whatever he's doing with me right now, it's okay. Whatever, whatever I'm going through, God's going to use it good, bad, ugly. God's going to use what I'm going through right now for his glory. Amen. There is a season. We need to understand that. Amen. And, and listen, there's all kinds of seasons. We can we do a whole, you know, we can do a whole series on this, but there there is by the way, Sunday morning is a season in your life. I need to put this word out, and I know I'm preaching to the wrong crowd, but we have got to stop dishonoring God by doing everything else on Sunday but honoring his day. Come on. Where did we get it in our head that church was optional? Where did we get that? Now, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to make you feel guilty. I, you know what? I'd rather you come out of guilt than lay at home. But I'm hoping that guilt's not the only motivator in your life. I hope you love Jesus. I hope you want to honor him, putting him first. But listen, this is not just about God. This is about you. Adam, on Adam's first day on the job was a day of rest. He said, rest then work. And we have got to understand the seasons and, and just learn how to rest, how to shut it off. Because what that's saying is, you know, some people think, if I work seven days a week, I can make more money. Doesn't work that way. You will make more money working six days and resting than working seven. By the way, you'll make more money giving God 10% and living off the 90 than stealing. Oh, I heard someone say, do you love the world that much that you want to take what belongs to God too? Oh, Lord. 
They, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. We need these seasons in our life. You know what? Look, look at the Ten Commandments. How many words were there for adultery, not to commit adultery? Five. How many words for thou shalt not steal and murder? Four. How many words did God give us about remember the Sabbath to keep it holy? Four sentences. And it's the only commandment where he tells us remember. He doesn't say remember, don't commit adultery. <laughs> but when it comes to the Sabbath, he says remember. Why? Why does he say remember the Sabbath? Because it's so easy to forget. Because the world is so loud, so full of chaos, so full of noise. There's so much there to do, so much to be involved in, so much money to make, so many things to do, people to see. There's the, the world is just stimulating, and we just want to be in it seven days a week, and ah, we got to do it. So he says, remember, one day, shut down and shut up. He wants us to pray and play, relax, be in his presence. And if you'll do that, you'll find the energy and the creativity. Some of us can't think straight anymore because we're always thinking, oh, this is too deep, this is too deep, this is too deep. There's, there's, there's so much going on that we can't, we can't see into what God is really saying anymore. You need days like this to be still in his presence, to get still in his presence, to hear from him of Oh, I feel the Lord in this. I don't know if you're receiving it, but I feel the Lord in this. Remember, remember, remember. Exodus 20, verse 8, it, it, it talks about this. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. What does holy mean? Keep it different than all the other days. If you must work on Sunday, find another day to keep holy before the Lord. Six days, say six, you shall labor and do all your work, right? Get into these seasons, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it, you shall do no work. By the way, this is not my Sabbath. You nor your son. She sometimes say, well, you know, I can't do much, but I'll pass it on to my boy. No. Well, maybe I get my, no, not your daughter either. Oh, well, I hire people. No, no, no. He said, don't even hire people, nor your female servant. Well, I, I've got, aunt. no, not even your cattle. <laughs> He said, well, what about some stranger? No, don't even. I, I knew, I, I know a couple. I've known them many years. They, they live in, in, in Carolina, uh, relatives of Gloria's. But um, they, they believed that, uh, you know, they would do nothing on Sunday. They traveled a lot. But on, on, on Sunday, they would not check into a hotel. They would not eat out at a restaurant because that meant other people had to work. I don't, I'm not saying that's a, the new rule at Journey Life Center because <laughs> I can't live it. You know, I can, but uh, <laughs> you hear what I'm saying. Uh, but but what, the, what he's saying is there, uh, there needs to be a day where you shut down. This is the whole Pharaoh thing where Moses said, let my people go. It's not just about freedom. Let my freedom freedom go that they may worship me. When you go to bed at night, you need to say to your you need to say to the pharaoh of your life because there's something in you that makes you make bricks 24 hours a day. And you need to say to the brick maker, "Let me go. This is my rest before the Lord, and I'm not making bricks at 3 in the morning." Am I helping anybody? Am I helping anybody? This is what we must do. Let's, there I, I read the story of a woman, she was in a hurry and she she drove up to the restaurant and uh, just outside the restaurant by her car, somebody was jackhammering. You know how, how loud that is. 
and it was so loud. And she gets out of the car and she runs by the jackhammer and she goes into the restaurant and he, she comes back out. And she can't find her keys. Where's my keys? Where's my key? I can't find my keys. She looked everywhere for her keys. The jackhammer's still going. She was all getting all frustrated and all upset. She said, well, maybe I left it in the car. And she went to the car. She had left the car running. The whole time she's in the restaurant, the car's running. And she said, oh, that jackhammer was so loud. I couldn't think straight. But I thought, oh, wait a minute. This world is so loud. We cannot think on him anymore. We're just leaving the keys in the car, going to bed at night with the motor running. Lord, it's so quiet in here. I don't know. I know after church you're going to say, we were just soaking it in. Okay. Well, even a sponge needs to be squeezed once in a while. Come on. You can only soak so much. Some of you are just dripping. Come on, come on. Give me an amen once in a while. Amen. See, I told you you'd fall asleep on this sermon. I told you. Where am I at? Number four. It's the last one, so you're okay. Change the where. Okay? Change the where. Here's what you need to understand about the shepherd. I used to preach this, and, I, and then as I studied it, I understood that I, I was somewhat wrong about it. I said shepherds were really good at finding still waters and finding green pastures. The problem is, in that part of the world, those things were extremely rare. And even a good shepherd sometimes would not be able to find green places or still waters. So a good shepherd knew how to create those spaces. He would dig a well. He would uh, dig a, a canal to bring water in. He'd find a way to hold the water. He'd put seed in the ground. He would create a pasture. He would create a little creek or a pond with still waters. He didn't just know where they were. He created them. My God doesn't just know where to take you. He can create in a dry place. He can create in a, in a horrible, bad place. He can create in a place, oh, my God, where you just don't know what you're going to do do or how you're going to do it. God will create a place for God. He can change the where. Streams in the desert. If you don't believe that, just go to Israel. Wherever the, wherever the Jews settled, it's green, lush. I mean, they're growing orchards in the desert. God's doing a miracle. Walk a mile over where the Palestinians are. And it's a desert. It's dead. And they're angry. I want that. Well, maybe if you serve Jesus. I just can't get ahead. Well, maybe if you put him first. Change the where the good shepherd will create something out of nothing. Amen. I want you to hear what I'm saying. He has a finished place for you. He has a place for you where you can go. Amen. Look, look at the script. Let me just uh, confirm this with the word of God. In my father's house are many mansions. That word mansion, I, I know we all think now, oh, we're going to have a mansion in heaven. Oh, it's better than that. Literally, it means in my father's house are many places, rooms. He's making room for you. And I know, I know he's primarily talking about heaven, but is he not here now? Doesn't this scripture make sense that he's making a room for you here on the earth? He's making room. He's casting out devils. He's removing hindrances. He's creating green pastures and still waters. Wow. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Listen, he has a place for you 
right now, right here this morning. Yeah, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Oh, well, pastor, there's the proof. He's just talking about heaven. By the way, heaven's going to be on earth. I, that, that, where you, that where I am, there you. Does not Paul say we are seated now in heavenly places? Where is Jesus now? On the throne in heavenly places places. He's prepared a place on the throne with him now, ever interceding before the Father. Amen. He's preparing room for you now. Just keep throwing them up there and I'll read them. Amen. Jesus said to her, remember at Lazarus's funeral, Jesus uh, said to her, your brother, Lazarus, he will rise again. Uh-huh. Martha said to him, because she's being religious, oh, I know he will rise again at the last day. Hold it. I believe in the resurrection. I'm just waiting around for the miracle. She said, I know he'll rise again someday. Oh, but watch this. Jesus said to her, I am. <laughs> will you quit singing about the sweet by and by? Will you quit just singing about how great and wonderful heaven is as if you have nothing now? Will you quit just boo-hooing? And I, oh, man, the, the, the guy that won me to the Lord used to get on my nerves so bad. He had nothing good to say about anything, or you know, and he just, I hate the devil when I get to heaven. When I get to heaven, I'm going to go look over at the edge of the, uh, 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 of the lake of fire and say, nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. his life, oh, my life's terrible. Oh, I just can't wait to get to heaven. Good God, what's wrong with you? Even I knew way back then, life's not bad. Life's good in Jesus. Come on, it's not about just getting saved, getting your ticket stamped, and just waiting in this hell until he comes home. No, 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 no. The resurrection doesn't just have uh, have power on your body someday. The resurrection has power over you this day. Ah, oh, I feel like that. Somebody help me in this place. Amen. Pastor, that's not very dignified. Well, it's going to get worse here in a minute. Yeah, somebody help me. We're talking resurrection power. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Go back to that verse. I am the resurrection and the life. Didn't he say I've come to give you life? Abundant. I look at some people and say, where is your abundant life? Looks more like trash can life to me. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Didn't he say you have to die before even even here in the flesh? Jesus, oh, go to the next verse before I crumble up here. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And to prove it, what was the next thing he did? Lazarus, come forth. Ah. Some say, why did he say Lazarus? Why didn't he just say come? Because if he had said come forth, they'd all come out. Lesson learned. Be specific in your prayers. And he comes out all, some of you are still like, alive but bound. And I'm telling you today, we can loose those. Like, imagine a mummy, right? And we'll just start taking that stuff off you. And the first thing you'll do is you'll see, and then you'll smell, and then you'll be able to talk, amen, and then you'll be able to move your head and your arms, and pretty soon you'll just be free to do all this stuff in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God, set us free in this place. Set us free so we can sleep at night. Come on and praise him if you 
Come on and praise him. Amen. Skip over to Psalms 91. Psalms 91, verse 1 and 2. I'm almost finished. He who dwells, dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Ah, why don't you confess that before you go to sleep at night and watch how you just doze off in Him. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Psalms 18, verse 19 says he also brought me out into a broad place he delivered me because he delighted because he delighted in me we he's calling us out from the noise the confusion the atmosphere we preached this a few weeks ago that describes the outer court, right? Everybody's in there talking, yelling, bringing all these animals. You heard goats and bulls and sheep and pigeons and all these. Ah, it sounded like a farmhouse. People fussing and carrying on, priests killing animals, blood everywhere. You're exposed to the elements. didn't matter if it was hot or cold or windy or rainy. Whatever was going on, you were exposed. Come on, how many feel like that's my day every day? I'm just exposed. I'm, I feel vulnerable. I'm just under attack every day. And I can't, I can't escape it at night. Uh, but there is a place. There is a secret. Oh, I feel the Lord. There is a secret place. I wish you could find it. I wish you could get away from all the blood and noise and cold and heat. And, because there was that place called the, the holy place. And, but listen, before you go into the holy place... Before you go into the holy place, you had to go to the labor. Wash your hands. Who shall ascend? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. You just kind of, you know, some of us, first thing we do, we get out to the cars. We find that little jar of, I almost said insecticide, that little jar of antibacterial insecticide, sanitizer. Whatever you put on your hands, I don't know. Keeps Keeps the mosquitoes away. And we, we, we wash, I, I jokingly call it wash the fellowship off, right? We, we, we get all the germs off. Listen, you need to do that every time you come before the presence of God. Oh, oh my God, hallelujah. Lifting up holy hands. And after he would wash his hands and feet and changed his clothes, listen, listen, you've got to go in holy. I didn't say perfect. I just said covered by his blood, sins forgiven. And you just take your hand and you move that curtain and you go into the holy place and you smell fresh bread and the oil burning on the candelabra. Wasn't, they didn't have, it wasn't wax, it was the candle, it was burning oil, olive oil burning. And straight ahead is that mixture of spices that's burning on the incense altar, like that altar right up there. That incense, the room was only 15 by 15. That incense just filled like a cloud. It's just, it just filled the room with incense and the smell of fresh bread. And all of a sudden, you didn't smell the animal hides burning. and You didn't smell the blood and, you, and, you, and all the people and the smell and the stench and the noise. And you're covered. If it's raining, it stops. And if it's uh, uh, hot, it's cool. And if it's cool, it's hot. And all of a sudden, you're in an atmosphere that's totally different than any other atmosphere out there. Oh, is somebody hearing me? It's the place of blessing and the place of service. And you get into that place. 
and you can rest in him. Once a year, the high priest would go into the next room where the Ark of the Covenant is, and there's on the, on the top of the Ark of the Covenant is a place that's called the Mercy Seat. I nicknamed it the Love Seat. And you, you can just sit there in the presence. Oh, there's so much here. Just, oh, come on. I'm talking like this because when you get into this kind of thing, you will sleep at night. You will actually be rested through the day. You won't allow all the noise to get to you. You Listen, you can just live in the secret place. You can live in the holy of holies. Oh, my, I, wish, I hope I'm talking to somebody. God, we need to start walking in those places. But we're so busy today. We, we don't even have time for church. We don't have time for prayer. We don't have... Can I share something that might offend you? No? Okay, never mind. Yes or no? Oh, okay. They said yes. I was praying. I said, Lord, why aren't we seeing the prophetic more? And I said, God, I'm I'm willing to speak into people's lives, but sometimes I just start praying for people, and it's just nothing. And I said, God, I I know they're called to great. How many feel like you you may be called to greater things than what you're operating in? Anybody feel that way, that you're called to greater things than what you're operating in? Some of you have been in where you're at so long you've given up on things God has really... I just, I'll just be like this the rest of my life. Are you sure? You know what the Lord told me? He said, they're not, they're not faithful in the littlest things like, like witnessing, like telling somebody about Jesus. He said, why would I give them a ministry to thousands when they won't go to one? <laughs> they won't go to one. Ministry is about, this ministry is all about people. Don't, <laughs> right? Uh, you probably didn't like that, but would you stand to your feet? I got to shut up. If I say anything more, I'll drive some more people off. How many know we're in transition? How many know God's up to something? Listen, don't, don't get focused up in any kind of negativity. God is adding one or two, if you count Crestline, three families every single week to this church. There's, some, there's, there's, a, there's a churning going on. And, I'm, and I, I don't know if anyone who's, who's mad or upset, I'm not talking about that. But there's just a turning going on. Maybe some people aren't comfortable. They say, I don't know where this is going. Uh, Nobody asked you. I got one, that's all right, and a chuckle over there. That's all I got. That's all I got. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean God's going to do what God's going to do, mostly because I'm going to let him do it. How many want a pastor who will let God do what God wants to do? Well, then start following like you've never had before. We call it, for instance, we call it invite your one. If you could just, who knows what will happen if you'll just do one? Who knows where the next level will be? Am I making sense? The Lord has really helped me to pray for people. This has been going on for probably 20 years. I've prayed for people for sleep, and literally someone had to drive them home because they were getting caught up right then and there. The Bible says God gives his people sleep. Literally, that's what it says. And God's going to do that right now. I'm, I'm just almost angry at the enemy, how he is torturing us, torturing our minds. And we can't rest and we can't sleep. And all day long, we're just, not just when you go to bed, but all day long, just thoughts about the past or anxiety about the future. Ah, God, in the name of Jesus, can I just prophesy over you? In the name of Jesus, I speak to the spirit of anxiety to release your hold on God's people. I speak to the spirit of regret 
And I say, let my people go in the name of Jesus. I speak to the spirit of fear, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. And in the name of Jesus, we dissolve it. We release your people from fear in the name of the Lord. I prophesy over this congregation that a new peace will come over as we put you first, as we begin to honor the seasons of our life, and we honor God and put him first. We believe that a spirit of peace, a spirit of rest will come over this congregation. And in the name of Jesus, we release them to see it done now, now in Jesus' name.